Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I am your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage in the Dane County. I'm here with my co-host, Coach Manchi. Coach, how are we doing over there? Hey, we're doing really good, Brian. Super excited to get this guest going today. Oh, I can't wait. So I, I got a chance to sit down with, with our guest last week and be on their podcast. So he's redoing the favor here. Um, but before we get to our guests, just want to remind everybody, um, share the show, you know, with coaches, athletes, things like that. We're trying to give back to our to our Wisconsinites and, and whatnot and, and give great information. We've had a lot of different guests on and, and things like that, um, trying to give you a different perspective. So make sure you're sharing the show with everybody uh, as we go. And unfortunately, our Packers are done. So we kind of got to go and, and, and watch what we got here for the, but the Super Bowl halftime show, Dean, should be good, right? I mean, the hip hop from our area era, holy smokes. You know, I, I remember when I was working under John Deppman down there at Wisconsin, and we listened to a lot of Snoop Dogg in that weight room. So it's going to be an old-time rap, and it's going to be an unbelievable show. I think they call that the Crip Walk. I think I'll be doing that in my in my living room during the halftime show. Anyways, I'm, I'm jacked up, Dino. I am fired up because one of my favorite Badgers of all time um, is on our show. Uh, he goes by the Hebrew Hammer. So everybody knows him as number 45, and I'm talking about the one and only Matt Bernstein. Bernie, how you doing, boy? Man, I am great. <laughs> I love hanging out with you, even if we have to do it virtually. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. Listen, you Packers fans have it too good. You've had it too good for too long is what we used to say in high school. Because once you get to game, like, let's say three or four when you're a Jets fan, the season's over. You're watching something that looks like football, but it's not – actual football and you're just trying to get a first round the highest first round pick i am sad about the packers my wife owns a piece of the packers one share and so so do i i, I feel your pain I, I it's nice to root for some team that's not the jets and the packers are that for me so you sound like my wife because she's a browns fan <laughs> she knows what so, it feels like <laughs> so she's like she claimed the packers because she's la- lived here over half her life so we've let her do that but but anyways, Bernie, why don't you tell our guests, you know, most of our guests kind of know your background a little bit, but sure. tell us a little bit where you're from and, and, and kind of things like that. Sure, sure. So I grew up in a, uh, I don't know if it's a small town, it's a small high school called Edgemont, New York. It's right in Scarsdale, which is a huge high school, um, a little bit north of New York City by like 18 miles You know, it's a, it's a small place. You can play every sport, I, I think, at an early age. My mom was like, dude, you got to play football. Like, you're a psycho. Like, you're nuts. (laughs) I saw my principal at my elementary school when I was working for him 20 years later. He's like, you could have went one of two ways. And I was a little nervous you were going the wrong way. Because I I, I just was, I wouldn't say I had any type of diagnosed ADD, but I was just bonkers. Always wanted to play sports. You know, this is back a long time ago. My dad would drop me off at elementary school when I was like a third grader. At 7.45, you know, school started at 8.30, and we would just play no supervision, football, basketball, you know, whatever the weather allowed us to do. If it was snow on the ground, we'd play basketball if the court was open. If not, we'd play in the mud. There was a lot of times I'd go to the nurse's office and change my pants because we were playing football in the rain and the mud. Um, And my dad dropped me off pretty much. didn't matter if it was rain or shine, snow at 7.45 for an 8.30 start. So I was always into sports. Um, you know, once I put the shoulder pads on and, and, and the helmet, I was hooked. I, I, it was so fun. You were part of this big team. You know, I love basketball cause you're part of a team, but when you're on the football field, everyone is important. Like you think that the 11th man is not important. That dude has to do his job. So your whole, so everything works. And I, and I love that, you know, that you rely on all these guys. It's a completely different sport than basketball or baseball. At least that's what I think. Like, uh, maybe this is just the way it is, but more goes into it. You know, when I was in third grade, we had five dads who cared all seriously about it. And we, so, so I played football starting from third grade, you know, tackle football, have some great experiences. All those guys are still my friends today. It's, it's absolutely bananas. Um, went to Edgemont high school. You know, we had a small team. I think we were like 27, 28, when it came to it, a lot of guys, I would say most guys went both ways. We won the state championship 98, 99, and 2000. 
So it was awesome. In class C, which is actually, you know, is double A, A, B, and C, and D is the, the lowest. But we were we would um, illegally scrimmage teams, you know, you know, before before our like at, we would go to camp and illegally scrimmage teams. No one goes to camp anymore because of liability. But right. we were playing double A schools and and putting a wallop on them. Like we were, right. you know, we were we were we were pretty intense. And and as a as a freshman, I started on the varsity team on defensive line. I was doofed out. I had big feet. You know, I, I was just all over the place, strong, but very doofy. I went to sleepaway camp. All I did was play basketball, basketball, 20, you know, 12 hours a day. And I feel like that really opened up like my stride. I got a little, you know, my hips were opening up. As a sophomore in high school, the coach is like, we're going to put you at middle linebacker and tight end. I was like, hell yeah, this is great. I don't want to play D line. I don't, I don't want nothing to do with that position. Give me the ball. <laughs> well, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, Bob, I know we're going to talk about it, but like from an early age, I understood that football was a, a year round sport. The quarterback who's still one of my best friends who's at my wedding, this guy, Drew Nadler, I was a sophomore. We played basketball together. So we had like a little bit of a relationship. I was on the varsity basketball team as a ninth grader. I was just a dog in basketball. Like I fouled, I set picks like, a, you know, like I would stand half court line and have the point guard. He would come up to me and go, Hey, these guys are pressing. Just stand on the half, run these dudes full guy. speed into me. <laughs> and I would just stand there and these dudes would crumple. My dad has a picture of these dudes crumpling down in, in front of me. And that was me like rebounds defense. I couldn't shoot. If I got fouled and the ball didn't go in, it was guaranteed almost two miss free throws. Um, but so like we were throwing the football, throwing the football, throwing the football. We had a coach there every Tuesday and Thursday. If it was, you know, once again, if it was 20 degrees outside, we're throwing the football. So come sophomore season, I love the physical violence of football I, in a, in a, in a, in a legal way, you right. know, like not, right. not crowned down, not trying to get thrown out of games, but if a dude cuts back and I'm right there, like I'm going to put everything into that hit. Yeah. And, but I think as you saw me in high in college, that's what I tried to do almost every play was throw all my weight into blocks and be physical and violent. Um, but in, as a sophomore, like my team thought I was crazy. Like I'd get up and jump up and down and like get people hyped, crush dudes, like bending face masks. Like that was my, I, 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 like, I love that. Um, and then I got moved to fullback and we just had some great years and, yeah. um, you know, I know we'll talk about my recruiting, but yep. from a young age, man, football was my jam. I love basketball. I just knew it couldn't last because, you know, once you get to 6-1 and that's it, like not Muncy Bogues, like I'm not that good at basketball. Um, and I did track and field. And then I, I, I figured out what Joe Thomas threw and I was like, this, this is not even close. He's throwing the 18 pounder or the 16 pounder, like 45 feet more than me. And I'm like, okay, so tracks out. So I guess football is really the only thing that's left um, that I could do. Um, yeah. And, and luckily there's some crazy stories about like what, how I possibly got in. Um, but the best decision I ever made was going to Wisconsin. Hey, Bernie, yeah, New York, talking about New York and then going to college at the university of Wisconsin. Tell me how that happened because us Wisconsinites think of New York as a far way to go. So why Wisconsin? What was that recruiting process like? And we're glad you chose to be a Badger, that's for sure. No, I'll tell you something super special about Wisconsin is people welcome you with open arms. You know, they're like, oh, you're from New York. That's a little bit weird. You play football in like this small school, but everyone, open arms, happy as can be. Um, and I, I didn't know that, first off. So my senior year, I'm Class C Player of the Year in 1999 and 2000. My dad and I are still searching for like, you know, in the, in the East Coast in New York, you know, guys, what schools are out there? Like, what schools do you even think of out there? It's Syracuse, right? Syracuse is in New York. That's it. you got Rutgers, yeah. which is South, but they were terrible for a long yeah. time. And the only big school in, in an eight, six hour vicinity is Penn State. So my dad's like, we're sending video to Penn State. This is when you send VHSs. <laughs> I had a global studies teacher, Mr. Hogan. He claims that it's his hit because of him. His son was a manager at the for the Badgers. This is way before. This is when I was in high school. I'm sorry. 
he said he walked it in and goes, coaches, you need to take a look at this video. So that's one thing. I went up to the Syracuse football camp. My, one of my favorite coaches of all time, CP Dub, Coach Brian White, his brother, who looks yeah. exactly like him, was the yeah. tight ends coach. Dude, but it's sick, right? Yeah. He like they look yeah. identical. Yeah. Are they? They're not twins, though, right? No. No, they're just brothers. No, they're just brothers. So I met this. So I went to Syracuse football camp. Um, this is a good piece of advice, I guess, for anyone. My dad, before I go, goes, "Do not sign any paperwork. Like if they offer you a scholarship, don't sign anywhere." And I'm like, "Okay." So I go to this camp. Um, he's like, don't, he's like, just say, I need to, you need to talk to me and just get out of there. So I said, okay. So I go to this camp, you know, you're in that like special group, but I don't know what they're called. Like the, the VIPs or whoever yeah. they're, they're actually looking at. To, yeah, they put you in a certain group, the kids that they're recruiting yeah. find their way into, into the one group. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yes. And you pay for these camps If they don't give it to you for free. You have to, right. you know, to showcase. So, so I went to the Syracuse camp, um, you know, I drove up there by myself. This is how much like my dad, he's like, take your stuff, get in the car and just go. So I went and I practiced, you know, I practiced with the D line, with the O line, with the linebackers, the tight ends. I even think I did the wide receivers, never the running backs. So I thought that to me, that was a little odd. Right. But I worked a lot with, with um, coach white as the tight ends coach. Right. And the last night, you know, Pascaloni takes me out of my room and says, we want to offer you a scholarship at like 11 o'clock at night. He's like, we want to offer you. It's kind of like the movies almost. Like they take yeah. you out. They're like knocking your door. It's, it's weird. So I, I said, listen, oh my God, thank you so much. He's like, at D-line. Like, ah, come on, I'm a 6'1", 270 pound defensive end. Like, I don't know. I don't want to do that. And also, you know, Syracuse was the best school, but I don't think Syracuse is the best place. If anyone's listening and they went to Syracuse, people love it there. I just didn't think that was my, you know, it, it, it wasn't where I would have, flourished so the next day i think that was like on a friday or a saturday then like on monday we have an overnight letter from wisconsin saying we want you here and i was like so it might, maybe it's coach white's brother kind of had somewhere coach white called him was like hey is this dude for real i don't know but um when i got that letter my dad's like oh my god wisconsin and i'm like what wisconsin sure. that's kind of cool <laughs> And, and I, so I was like, he's like, well, we should definitely take this seriously. And I'm like, where is that? Like, where is it? On a map, I probably couldn't tell you. All my social studies teachers would be pissed, but I have no idea where Wisconsin was on the map. You know, the Midwest, it has like this, you know, coming from the East Coast, it still has this like nice people, you know, everyone's a farmer, something, you know, stuff like that that's in your brain. It's completely not true, um, which I found out. But my dad's like, let's go take a look. So I was like, all right. So we show up August, whatever. And we go, they, they pick us up at the airport and take us to the seminary. By the way, <laughs> the flight overnight, we were there so late. They kept delaying, delaying, delaying. They canceled our flight. We slept in our minivan at the airport, got on a 6 a.m. and flew in to, to, uh, to Madison. So like right off, right away, the, the start of this was pretty terrible. We go, they, we go to the seminary. If you're not practicing at the seminary, it's a beautiful place. Like, it's kind of really nice. There's only football. They got food. There's a pool. Like, they, they really hype it up to be, like, the best place you could have camp ever. And little do you know, like, the, the next year when I got there, it was the worst place in the world. Although the bonding you do is different. But so we, so long story short, they take us, they show us the campus. It's, it's you know, sandwiched between two lakes. Literally, we're drinking a beer with my dad because you can do that at this point 25, 20 years ago. Yeah. 25, 20 years ago, you could yeah. drink with your parents at the yeah. union. Yeah. So we're my brother goes, I'm coming here if you don't want to come here. And my dad's I, like, I my, about that. <laughs> yeah, so, so we're, we're, we're just drinking beers together. And my dad's like, my dad's never left New York. He went to Albany. Like he's from New York, from Queens. Like this is his, he's, he doesn't know that much other. He's like, you should come here. He's like, this is Big Ten football. They don't mess around. Barry Alvarez, you know, this is real. They had Ron Dane, like new East Coast people go there. I was like, man, that's a good point. I'm like, all right. And, and I'm like, well, wh what, what, what's happened with Penn State? And my dad's like, I don't know. I think um, Paterno is going to pass. So at one, so then my dad, we, then we go home. My dad shows me a letter from UConn or a phone call from UConn. The guy goes, this kid will never be a good um, college football player. So I'm like, 
you know, okay, we're, this is a PG show. I was livid, cursing up and down. I'm like, you can't, these people, they don't know, they don't, you know, I'm going crazy. So I go, dad, let's, let's call coach white right now and sign up with Wisconsin. Yep. And, and that was it. I, I was, you know, like it's, it, it was just a weird place to be, but I, once again, I've made the best decision of my life. I have a kid, my wife's from there, like bots, one of my good friends, like, I don't know what, I don't, I didn't, if I never had bot in my life, I would have probably sucked at football. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so Bernie, so Bernie, okay. Like you, you show up, okay. As a freshman, you know, and it's different now. It's a lot different than it was 20 years ago, but you walk on, you're a freshman at a power five, in a power five conference at an elite power five, you know, conference school, top 20, you know, school in the country year in and year out. You know, what's it like being a freshman? What's it like to learn the role? And again, it's PG. You know, <laughs> learning the ropes and like, and whatnot. And it's different in Wisconsin because there is a mentorship. Guys do take care of each other. But there's, you know, there's some things about being a freshman that's kind of unique, right? There's a lot. There's a lot that's unique. You know, I, it's a good question. It's, you know, so this is back when you could travel with like duffel bags sized with your clothes yeah. and it was free. So I got on a my So once again, my parents, my dad dropped me off at the airport, said, good luck. This is three days after we, we beat New Jersey in the New York, New Jersey game, which I was a captain for. So once again, we talk about like, I was like top three in New York at the time, right? Because I was a captain of the New York team. We beat New Jersey. Three days later, I get on a plane and I'm in Wisconsin. I'm the lowest man on the totem pole. I walk off the plane, get my duffel bags. These things are huge, like body size. I'm carrying. I get in a cab or some, I don't even know if someone picked me up. I think I had to get in a cab at the time to the Regent to show up with Johnny Sylvain as my roommate in my room and Antaj is my suite mate. So the guys are all East Coast guys. So we like hit it off. Oh, that's so cool. But I show up, it's a Tuesday. What's on Tuesdays in the summer? Stadiums. <laughs> so, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm in like, you know, one way football shape in the summer. Like I'm not in great shape. I'm probably way heavier than I should be. Also, I just came off of having like my senior summer, which was right. Having a very good time. Um, so we do the stadium series, it's the worst. I also lift, you know, you lift in the morning, it's all squats and, and lunges and, you know, I'm dying. So, but I, but my mentality is just to work hard, just like Logan Bruss said on your show, he's like, just come in and give it all you got. And I think that's what I tried to do. All I got was not pretty good, but it was all I honestly had. Um, you know, and, and we just had Leo um, Chanel on and, you know, I would love to hear what you guys think about, about the, just taking care of your body. You know, my mentality was like, work hard, play hard. And I don't know, think, thinking back now, I'm like, maybe I shouldn't have played as hard as I, as I worked. Cause I was working my tail off. Um, but, but you know, it's interesting. Like I would, I put my hands on my knees and I was dying at one point. And Nick Davis, who's a, who's a fifth year senior or fourth year, senior, whatever he was walks yeah. over and goes, dude, just don't put your hands on your knees to so stand up. Even if you're dying, just stand up. And I was like, man, thanks. You know, like you don't know yeah, the, yeah, the no. culture yet. Um, and I thought that was really kind of him to show, like, you know, like I'm nobody. Um, but I remember that day, like it, it just, you just want to fall off the railing to be honest and like, just crawl into a corner and just hopefully everyone goes away. Um, and you know, you know, I knew nobody, like I just knew Antaj and Johnny Sylvain, but if they weren't in my group, I knew nobody. Right. Um, but I remember Grison said, hi, you know, Brooks said hi right away, you know, a weird thing is my high school, nobody took a shower after, uh, after they did physical activities. So like that was brand new, you know, on, on a small scale, you're like, I've never naked in front of anybody. So like now I got to start getting naked in front of uh, like a hundred guys. Um, although that sounds weird, but it's still part of a culture that I just wasn't used to. Right. Um, but I, I think once you, you know, like you just got to make it a couple weeks, then people start seeing your face. They start becoming friends with you. Um, I know like we were, I was with Owen Daniels, who else like Tez, Kleber, like these dudes all came in and we all met at the region. And then at that point, like we were all suffering together and it just right. became like Jason Palermo was great to have. He knew the town, his dad coached, you know, didn't coach me, thank God, but he coached. And, um, you know, like, he's like, Oh, do you want to go hang out at this person's, you know, house? Yeah. I want to do something. I'm just sitting here with Antaj eating 
that was when I weighed the most I've ever think I weighed. I was like short of like two, like 75 or 78. Yeah. And I think coach white was like, dude, you cannot be this heavy. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> hey, Bernie, we play with a fullback up at Kimberly high school here. And just, we, we always are looking for that, you know, that real tough kid that can play fullback. You know, he's very athletic. You mentioned you played some basketball in high school and, you know, you have to be able to run, but, you know, you have to do a lot of blocking when you're that fullback position. You were working out down there at Wisconsin, and I know you were working out bot a lot. What were some of the things that you really struggled with in the training process? And then what are some of the things that you really enjoyed doing? Oh, that's a good, good question. So, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I would say that, you know, training – the training aspect, I didn't, I didn't struggle with as, as much as I think other people did because my coach was a lunatic. Our school ended at three o'clock. My coach at high school said at 3.15, you better be in here. He, he didn't want anyone messing around. He was in there. He watched, you know, our, our weight room was really small. He watched every single thing. It was smaller about than the one you have um, in Verona. Sure. So he, he saw you do everything. Yeah. And he challenged you to, to be there. And I showed up at 3.30, just you know, throwing snowballs, probably talking to like girls. Sorry, Allie. And he called my dad and was like, your son came in at 3.30 and, and that's unacceptable. He should be here at 3.15. So like uh, right away, I knew like you, you, you had, there was a pecking order and you had to you know, take care of yourself and do what you do. So like, when I showed up, we were doing hand cleans, we were doing squats, you know, we were doing the movements that we were doing at Wisconsin. So that part I, when I had bot on, I told them, like, I went from the development side, like where dudes like Antosh who never lifted and had no idea what they were doing. I was in there and bot immediately was like, okay, go to the, go to a different place. Like, you know how to do this. So I, I, I slowly moved down the ranks to the, being the strongest guy there or one of them. Um, but I would say you brought up the fullback. We ran a wing T. I got the ball every time. It's a very easy offense to understand once you get it right with all the moving parts. I couldn't block at all. I was terrible at blocking and I had no idea what to do. You show up at camp and they're like, you know, coach White gives you a book that has 50 run plays. But the only, the thing that's crazy is each run play changes by a defensive front, by a blitz potential. So, you know, by where the safety lines up, like there's a lot of things you needed to know. And I didn't know any of it when I showed up. So I would say that was my hardest was the mental and the knowing how to block but again, you know, I, I think kids these days and, and me, especially, I've always been a coachable student. Like when Bot would tell me like a little thing about benching or a little thing about this, you know, it resonates. And Coach White was the same way. You get MF'd a lot, but it's what it's not that doesn't really, to me, it doesn't do anything for me. I, I don't take it offensively. Like I'm like, yeah, okay. But it's the piece that you give me that helps me. So at Coach White, we sat I came in almost every Tuesdays and Thursdays to go and sit in, in the room, sometimes with him and sometimes not, and watch film. The same run play, 25 Bob, over and over and over. And just watching Chad Coons do it and watching his footwork. And Coach White preached footwork, landmark, you know, and know who you have. All day, I'm like, you know, how many times can you watch? 25 Bob is a, an ISO, basically. You get the linebacker. But once they blitz that guy and he goes off the edge, it, the scheme changes. So I picked that up from watching that film. So once we did it, you know, I didn't need coach white to tell me that that had to happen. I saw it. I, I was, a, you know, I, I watched a lot of film. I'm like, Oh, I got that guy. And it happened. And, you know, I just took coach white's his preaching of what to do, how to hit, where to put your hands. I, I took all that, you know, don't put your foot up and, and put it right down because you're gaining no ground. You're already behind, you know, take a six inch step. So you're at least moving in the right direction. All those things. I mean, Coach White changed. I would have sat on the sidelines my whole entire career, if I think, if it's anybody else. Wow. But Coach White, the way he just was able to interact with me and, and get those points across. And, you know, I, I think at camp it's hard because he's trying to get ready for a season. So, like, Chad Coons is there. AD's there. You know, if you're not the first and second, maybe the third guy, I was redshirting it like right off the bat. We had Russ Coons. We had somebody, you know, we had, I think Bick was, might've been there. Bick was there the year after. So like, I wasn't going to play and I was also terrible, but I think, you know, you take it, like 
to me, that wasn't a, at this point, a transfer portal type of thing to, to, to go right. away from. To me, it was, I got to work harder. Like I'm not good. I know this. I'm not doing what they're asking me to do. I'm not, I don't look like Chad Coons right now. Like I know I don't, I'm not Cecil Martin. Like I know this. So it's, let me hunker down coach white. What do I need to do? Come in and watch them. Let's do it. And then by spring ball, you know, I just did a whole year of working out with bot. I did a whole year of taking, um, what were we taking? What was that stuff? The gel, uh, creatine. Yep. We were doing creatine packets, creatine. You know, we were doing, um, vitamins at this point drinking. I think my, my nutrition, although I was still like, you know, sadly drinking beers and eating on the weekends during the week, I was really good. And yep. we were taking very good care of. So after that, I was one, I, I'm, I think I was one of the most, I was lifting with Jake Sprague and he yep. was a fifth year senior. Yep. So I, I think I took what JD bot were really preaching to heart. Even Paulie was like, don't ever lift up the 35 pounds for bicep curls. He's yeah. like, you're a 50 pound guy. The second I started doing that, first off, it was so much harder than I really wanted it to be, but he challenged me and I'm not a guy that'd be like, no, I'm not going to pick up the 50. Once Paulie left, I started picking up the forties again, because it was really hard, but um, you know, like that, those challenges, I think, you know, they make you grow. And then with coach whites, you know, like all the mental I picked up over the off season, I went to spring ball and I was killing people. Yeah like lifting people off their feet. I, I hit BJ Tucker so hard, Coach White like ran out of his shoes. Um, so I, so there was that. And then I ended up hurting my foot in uh, in spring ball, but it didn't matter. You know, like I, I think I surpassed Russ Coons because of these practices I was having. And, and honestly, because I do all, I did all the right things. As, you know, I was never late. Um, I respected everyone. I treated everyone like they were my best friend because that's just kind of how I just operate. Um, you know, I'd say my first year wasn't great. It was good, but not great. And I think Russ and I split some time, but you know, once you get that game day experience, like I, it's amazing. Like everyone got on Brett Bell. Cause that, that punt kick hit him in the butt. Yeah. That dude was ready to play college football at Wisconsin as an 18 year old. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And, and I actually think that's not his fault, although everyone blames him. He was working hard. You ever watch a play? He's working hard. Yeah. But, you know, it's just a, it's just a, you're out there trying to do everything you can to succeed for you and your team. He just got caught in the wrong place. It just, you know, that, that kind of was sad. But so I hope that answers your question. I mean, you just yeah, got to know how to block. Yeah. You got to know how to block. Yeah. In high school, it was all shoulder pads and flippers. You know, we did the flipper with the shoulder pad. In high in college, it's none, no flippers. Yeah. You know, Matt, I think the, the biggest thing that I got out of that whole conversation is you had a high school coach that held you accountable. And it's very obvious that he was, you know, he was calling and, you know, he wasn't going to accept you being late. And he probably saw a lot in you and really wanted you to become the best version of yourself. And that's one of the things that we are always letting our athletes know because accountability is love. And, uh, you know, that big change with, the way that high school coach interacted with you and held you accountable is probably has a lot to do with your success today. You know, it's, it's interesting. He, he kind of reminds me of Barry, like the accountability, because Barry, it wasn't sitting in your hip pocket, like, dude, you got to throw five pounds on, or you got to work harder, run faster. Barry's the guy who had his people there to like, really, he trusted his guys to get you going but Barry held you accountable no matter where you were in the weight room. You know, I feel like Bob, there was a, there was a list. If you were late, it went up the chain quick and everyone knew Barry would come in the locker room like 20 minutes later and just be like, yo, you were late today. What are you doing? Like, but that's Pete, that's G version of what he would say. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> so I felt like my high school, yes, I was lucky to have a high school coach who was very smart football wise could see potential in people. Like I played D line. Then he moved me to middle linebacker and tight end. And I was a guard when I was on, you know, on the scout team in high school, but I would say they were similar. And, and the way they went about business is similar, like 315. I had to be there. Do you know how hard it is to get from wherever I was in the high school to get, to be ready to work out at 315. That's why I never was late with bot and, right. and JD. Cause I was like, scared to always be late because I just didn't want anyone to call my dad. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> it's, true it's true. And then, it's funny because then, you know, Brian White became my dad. You know, I didn't want anyone to call him and say, hey, 
you know, Matt Bernstein did this wrong. You know, like I always wanted to be in the green. You never wanted came. to be a list guy. Yeah, no, because you, you get on that list and you, ne- you it's impossible to get off. Yeah. Of it. So, Bernie, we're going to try something here. Yeah. Okay, so just kind of hang tight, okay? And just Let's listen up. Bernstein again, big opening, has five, has ten, hurdles a man, and he goes all the way to the 15-yard line. What a day. What a day. How many, how many sparks you give me that day? <laughs> so, so Bernie, I mean, like as a fullback, right? All you do is run into guys, run into guys. You play punt team, kickoff team. Holy smokes. You got this, this night. We got three, we got three incredible tailbacks. All three of them are hurt. Obviously you, you practice Jewish, you're Jewish. Yep. Okay. I don't know how to say that without just saying, no, you're that's right. Yeah. Jewish, right. <laughs> yeah. um, and it, the, the Penn state game fell on Yom Kippur. Yep. Which means you had certain things from your religion that you had to practice that day before the game. And we got all of our three running backs hurt. So they're like, Bernie, you're going to play tailback, which is like, right. A dream. You're like, I get to get the football tonight. And that's the night that the Hebrew hammer was born. And on that play, right. I mean, you get 250, probably 200. I had 127 yards, I think. Or yeah, 127 total. yards. Yeah. But you're 250 pounds coming oh, downhill. Yeah. 250. Over the back. You know, yeah. 250, bud. So just kind of, <laughs> just real briefly, you know, um, just kind of go through kind of what you had to do that day before the game because that is the exact opposite of what we're going to tell kids to do on the day before a game. To get yes. prepared from a hydration standpoint, from a nutrition standpoint. Tell us about that and then – I mean, so that was so, one of the best, Bernie. I just wanted to tell you that that was one of my favorite games ever. Thank you. Because thank watching you. a big guy do athletic things, like anybody can watch a guy that's 185. Anybody can watch Tyreek Hill run and go, man, that guy can run. But when you watch a 250, 60, 70 pound guy <laughs> hurdle another guy, like I've seen Ingle do that too, but Alec is like 230 pounds. Yeah. Like watching you do it, man. I wish the camera would have been on me because the amount of spark I had that night and then running up and down the sidelines and JD, me and JD were hitting each other. And so anyways, tell us about that, Bernie. Well, so, that was, that was yeah. one of my favorite times ever. I mean, and, and me too. Let me tell you, it, it, it was, uh, it was really special. So let's go back a while. I, once coach white started talking in every meeting, I listened for the fullback stuff and I'm like, you know, gung ho, but we did, he did so much coaching, so much film work, so much, um, you know, when I say landmark, it's, it's where your foot steps when you're going. I just osmosisly picked some of this stuff up. Coach White, I think being the visionary that he was with the running backs, I did take some reps at tailback. I don't think anyone thinks that this is this happened, but it's like one rep here, one rep here. So it wasn't a lot of stuff, but I just knew, you know, when we did pass protection, the 60 or whatever we called it, you had to know both, both backs. Because if you didn't know the, what the line was doing and what both guys are doing, you probably didn't know who your guy was. And that was so key to, to you know, what is it? untouchable guys like Brooks Bollinger, Sorgi. You, you want Coach Alvarez to, like, vision, you know, put you on that list? Don't pass protect. Right. Um, so I did take some reps. You know, I, I listened to Coach White. I listened to everything he said. I watched Anthony Davis do it. You know, this guy's one of the best to ever do it. So I, I picked it up. Like you watch game film, you just watch the guys. He'd go, we'd watch a fullback 10. I bet you AD, if you put him in at fullback, he could do it. Like that's where I think how good we were as a, as a group. Wow. So in the summer before 2004, uh, I call my dad and I'm like, hey, dad, Penn State's at 11 o'clock in the, or no, the game time wasn't decided. Or no, it was, it was 11 o'clock on Yom Kippur. I'm like, dad, I, I don't think I can play in this game. You know, 2004, we ended up being nine and zero to start. So I'm like, he's like, listen, don't worry. Let's figure it out with a week, like two weeks before. We'll see where we're at. Like, just don't say anything. Like, don't say you're not going to play right now. You know, I thought there's some things in my life that, you know, football to me was probably one through five, like importance. But if I had to like, if there was like an asterisk, you know, being Jewish is important to me. Right Now, every Friday night, I didn't go to Shabbat. You know, some of the high holidays I didn't celebrate, but I didn't work out. Like you, I think JD had to like, slowly ease into letting me not work out when I like we had two Jewish holidays and I didn't work out on them. But I think the program was great in that way that they understood that I was going to pick and choose and not abuse it. And I think that was a trust 
thing that, you know, Yom Kippur was, I'm not, I'm not practicing. I went to practice. I stood on the sidelines. I think a lot of guys wanted to be Jewish that day because you didn't <laughs> have to, you know, you didn't have to do anything. Um, but so we come into, I think the week before, so we're, we're two and oh, or we're three and oh, we're, we're top, top 10, maybe top 15. And um, game day switches the game to be a 445, which is so bizarre five, because five o'clock, yeah. five o'clock. Cause yeah. that, that's not, I don't think they have five o'clock games anymore. No. So I, so I call my, you know, I speak to my dad and I'm like, dad, I'm, I think I can play, you know, there's a good enough, that's a window that I can fit it in, you know, like fit in the, the, the time that I have to, what I have to do Four forty-five, five o'clock's like late enough, you know, yep. it's not sundown, but I'm like, it's okay. And he's yeah. like, I completely agree with you. And I, so I told coach Alvarez and coach white, I'm like, listen, I'm going to play. Here's what I need from you. And both of those guys are like, whatever you need. And so what bots referring to is uh, on Yom Kippur, you, you're, you, you don't eat or drink anything uh, for your, you fast for your sins. So for me, I was like, listen, coach, I need at 4.30 to be fed and that's it. So instead of practicing with the team on Friday, I drove, they drove me to the in-towner in this big banquet hall that usually like the, the 70 or 80 guys traveling with the coaches sit in to eat. I'm eating by myself. They had a meal for me. It was great. I sat, I didn't go to the movie or I didn't do whatever, you know, usually we went to a movie um, at Marcus Cinema on the West Side. I didn't do that. I woke up the next day. I didn't do anything. I didn't warm up. But I, I, I was like, Dad, you know, I think this is really dangerous. I'm not going to, you know, eat or drink anything. We had it with the doctors that I'd get two IVs just to be safe. You know, like, I didn't want to put myself in harm's way. Right. You know, and, and being dehydrated is really not a, a, it's not a good thing. So um, I, I didn't do that. I actually, they bust me over to Hillel to go to services. So while people are getting prepared and sitting in the hotel and relaxing, I was at, I was at Temple. Yep. And then they bust me back. Um, I don't warm up. It's very interesting when you don't warm up. Like I didn't know, like I just sat there. I didn't know they brought in recruits and stuff to the locker room on a Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, cause I'm sitting in my locker, just sitting there waiting, maybe listening to music, kind of getting my mind right. Trying to figure out like, man, am I, I'm really tired. Like, what am I going to do for this game? If you haven't eaten and they just have like recruits showing up and I'm like, Hey guys. Yeah. We've got a game going on. It's just a bizarre. I didn't know these things happened behind the scenes. You know, I, we, uh, I come out and at 445 or 440 or whatever time we run out, I'm doing, you know, on the sidelines, I'm doing um, like our warm up, And, and I'm like, you know, I, I broke my fast on kick return. And then I played the first half and sluggish for sure. And I, as a team, we all felt like we looked sluggish. Like we just, we didn't have it. We didn't have it together. And I think AD was hurt and AD was like our leader, you know, when he was down, we were really, you know, we had a, a great O-line, but without AD, it was a little, it was tough. Um, we go in and, you know, and I'm eating on the sidelines, turkey, oranges, like whatever I could get my hands on, chugging Powerade. We go in at halftime, AD's down. I think Jamil just hurt his foot or something. I think Booker was out. This is right. Dwayne Smith before the season had his heart issue that yeah. he was, he yeah. was out forever. And so we really don't like, I don't think we had anyone, anybody left. I think Presley was redshirting that year. So like we were really down to nobody. Um, Coach White comes up to me and he's like, Hey, Bernie, you're, you're going in. And I'm like, this guy watching the game. I'm like, I've been in, like, I know what I, like, I know. And he's like, no, no, you, you, you're going in a tailback. You're going to, you're going to start this uh, first. We, I think we got the ball right. away. So you're going to start a tailback. And I'm like, Hell yeah, coach, it's about time. You know, like, <laughs> I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't even think that that could happen. I go up to Greg Root, who was the backup fullback. I'm like, Greg, you're in at fullback. Let's go. Yeah. Like, we're going we're gonna to just dominate. Greg played a, a small amount of reps. When you watch the film, like, he really didn't make any mistakes. Nope. He really was. And on one of the bobs that you just played, it was a bob play. They yep. blitzed the outside linebacker. Greg picked him up. Like, he knew what to do. The line um, drove everyone down. He picked that guy up. He didn't play enough reps to know that. So he picked that up watching and being coached by Coach White. Um, so, I don't, you know, it was, just, it was just special. That play happened. We did it. You know, I don't know how Coach White's like calling it like slide draw, which is another ISO, but it looks like a draw. A draw. And we 
just something happened. I don't know. It was magical. You know, Clink, one of my, but I think one of your favorite guys, John Clinkscale comes up to me. So left guard, right guard comes up. He goes, Bernie, just follow me. Just follow me. If you don't, you won't get any yards. You follow me. I have my click, dude. I'm click scares me. I'm like, I'm like, dude, I'm following you wherever you want me to go. You watch that first play. We always ran to Joe Thomas because we're not dumb. Clink scale pulls. He gets caught up. And then I cut back and he hammers the guy. Murders the cornerback. Like, no, there, in no world should Clink scale be hitting a cornerback, but that dude is on the track and uh, Clink scale blew him up. You know, I ran by, and this is what's what I also loved about like the culture and the brotherhood. Barry was right there when I got tackled, slapped me on the back. You could see it. And Dante's like runs from the, the um, sitting on the bench up past Alvy to like go, like try to high five me and hit me on the helmet. And you could see it. And Dwayne Smith smiling with his jersey. You know, he's just wearing his jersey. It's it just like, you know, we, we loved when everyone or other, everybody did well. Like no one was in, I, I don't know if this is today. I, I, I don't sit in the locker room, but like, we're pumped when Joe Thomas is the best lineman, you know, forever. We're pumped when AD is the best guy, you know, when stock goes to starting quarterback, like you get excited for your, your guys. Um, and that was a special and, and, you know, Donovan Rayola and Dan Benning and um, Joe Thomas, like these guys were so good. You we even had Darren, I think it was Darren Charles was blocking downfield. Like people, I think people figured out like, okay, we got fat fullback in, we got to do better. Like everyone across the board. Um, and Dean, you'll, you'll like this. There's one play though. We're on like the six yard line. It's a, it's a 28 handoff. It's a sweep outside. It's the one play I like dream about. If I just ran outside and didn't cut back to touchdown in front of the student sections, I'm definitely getting a penalty. Like I'm like going to throw the ball in the stands. I'm going to like go bananas. <laughs> uh, so maybe it's better at it score. I cut back. We get to like the two, we get stopped. We kick the field goal. But, you know, it, it was a special night all around, um, you know, just the guy, you know, like coaches in Wisconsin and the guys basically were like, hey, we need you. And just to be able and but I, I give you guys a lot of props because, you know, like we we were set up. And if you did what you had to do in the weight room and when we were training after like, my footwork and my speed was because you guys were, you know, we were doing ladder drill and you couldn't hit the ladder like there was no. You know, Bob, do you want to tell everyone if you hit the ladder or you hit the, um, what's it called? Like the boxes? Even yep. If you hit anything. Hurdles. It just started over again. Yep. Whole group. And you had to start over depending on who you were. And like, no one wanted to do that. And P and we were going fast. Like, yep. I've never been so tuned as an athlete as I was during during these seasons. Um, but I just remember, I loved, like, you would always have to hold us up when we were leaning down. You know, like when we were doing the. the falling um, starts. Falling starts. And I just love, like, I just love that. Like every day I'm like, oh, here we go, bot, like number six. <laughs> <laughs> but all that stuff as, as like you joke about it and maybe guys didn't take it as seriously. I thought I took every rep as, as it was like my last rep or my, I needed to get better in every rep. Um, and I think that's what gave me success in college is that I really took to coaching and I took to what you guys preached and what coach White preached and what coach Alvarez preached and I, like, I bought in. Bernie, this is awesome, mate. I just can tell the passion and, you know, you're going through some plays and, you know, talking about the guys and the brotherhood of, you know, college athletics is incredible. You just mentioned Darren Charles. Darren Charles was an athlete when I was at Oshkosh North coaching and we were the 2000 state uh, football champs. So I know he's a listener to the podcast, so I'm just going to give him a quick shout out. He's living in California right now. But um, it, when I get together with him, it's story after story. It's things like that too, as well. So it's it's awesome to hear that we probably could sit there and talk for 24 hours on this podcast, just going through story after story. But when you got done with your Badger career, you had a stint in the NFL with the Detroit Lions. Talk about some of the big differences between college and pro. Uh, a huge difference. I mean, for me, it was a huge difference. You go from a place that you walk into that locker room and there's a hundred dudes who you would stand and push out of the way and a, a bus was coming, right? Even coaches, there were some coaches I would push out of the way, not all of them, but some of them. And you go to, you go, I, you know, to me, when I went to the NFL, guys are on their own schedule. Some guys are 30, you know, like some guys have families, some guys, 
you know, this is more of a job, it's business. Um, then, then what colleges is like a team, you know, college are guaranteed to be there for four years. You're getting an education here. It was like, dude, if your car breaks down, you got to fix your car. Like, you know, like everything changed very quickly. Um, and the, the runway to figure things out is very short. So, you know, I came in with Calhoun, Calhoun was drafted in the third, in the third round, you know, so he's guaranteed to be on the team. I was on draft. I have no guarantees. Um, you know, and within like, couple of weeks they hand you i've never seen a book this big it was the biggest book i've ever uh, biggest um playbook i've ever seen with hundreds of shifts hundreds of motions hundreds of of uh formations i was like man how do you how does anyone figure this out and no coach really like every time they said oh this guy's in the in watching film all the time like probably but i don't know if there's a coach there with because the coaches it's a business for them too they're not always there to be you know to hold your hand and then so for me that was tough because I needed a guy like coach white and I didn't have that, you know, I wouldn't say it was a crutch. I would say that he was such a good coach that he prepared me to be a good player. But in the NFL, it was just like, dude, you're on your own. I sat with a bunch of, I sat with a bunch of guys um, for lunch one day and they were talking about like million dollar life insurance policies. And I'm like, what the heck? We're talking about like, we're going to go to Wando's or the college club, you know, at dinner or lunch. So like these things have, they, they, they quickly happened. Right. Um, you know, I didn't pick, I didn't pick up the offense as fast as I think they wanted, wanted me to, um, you know, I tried, I, I eventually sprained my ankle, which is like the worst thing you could possibly do because even the doctors are like, dude, if you broke your ankle, it would have been better because it heals in a couple of weeks. So that, you know, like I knew at that point, they're not going to wait for me. I, this is, you know, this is, it's, this is more of a business. They got to get their 53 men. I'm not part of that. I will say a great experience. One is being with Calhoun, who I absolutely adore. Yep. You know, we stayed in the hotel together. We were there, you know, like they don't, and also a lot of things is like, Bob, they don't care if you, if you go work out or not, they're not tracking you. To me, that's weird. You know, like a lot has changed and they're like, you got to do these things on your own. And I think even like the older guys weren't hand cleaning. So it's just weird, you know, like the whole perception kind of shifted drastically, at least for me. The cool thing, though, is our first game, not our first like real game, our first preseason game was against the Texans and Ron Dane was on that team. So I got to watch Ron Dane play. I watched him on the Giants right. in New York, but I got to see him play and I went up and said hi after. And that was really fun. The next day I get a call, like, bring your book, you know, come talk to this guy. I knew what was up. Um I don't know. I don't even know what the guy's, uh, what his even, uh, his title was. The guys are getting cut by everyone. I don't know what they do on hard knocks now. Like to me, it wasn't the head coach. It wasn't the OC. It wasn't even my coach. It was just some guy. Uh, he had an offense. I, he had an office. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but you know, it was just a business. I, I had a lot of fun when I played arena football for Bon Jovi and Jaworski in yep. Philly. And, I, and that is real football. Like these guys were really solid players. They just weren't in the NFL. But like, I knew football was ending very quickly for me. And uh, I, I realized it during that. I, it, it gave me like, it's almost like going to NFL Europe. Gave me another year to play the sport I, I loved. Understanding that it's ending very quickly. I, I was going as hard as I possible, 100% in practice. Right. The coach was like, dude, you got, you got to slow down. And I'm like, nah, this is it. You know, like in my brain, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll slow down. And in my brain, I'm like, there's no chance this is it for me. I, I'm going to put the, you know, you, you hang that helmet up. It's life. It's football's over. Yep. Unless you want to be like um, semi-pro guy. And then uh, that's like, it's like prison yard football. I'm not like, there's no way I was going to play uh, in, in that league. So Bernie, you know, the offenses have changed so much, right? In, in, high school i mean you got guys going the pistol a shotgun everything like that you know what's it like you know seeing that and, and like some of our fans need to like appreciate like watching some real football what i would call real football uh playing with a fullback how cool is it you know from your standpoint okay and i can say this because wisconsin is one of the winningest programs in the last 30 years so they're doing something right you know whether it's flashy or not but watching a guy like an alec ingold who I'm very close to as well, you know, 20 years later, you know, make it in the NFL as a fullback, you know, the hashtag make fullbacks great again is still, still running strong. I mean, how cool is that for you real quick? 
I mean, real quick, I could be here for an hour. Right. Like, you know, I, like I, <laughs> it, it's something special about, once again, the culture at Wisconsin. I think the fullback brings in an aspect of the game that is hard to defend because other teams can't replicate it. They don't get it. You know, to me, I was a, a downhill going to just try to be violent. Brady Ewing changed that the game to me. He like Owen Daniels changed yeah. the tight end position. Brady Ewing changed. He was lined up everywhere. He was motioning. You can never, if 21 personnel's in, they could have been in any formation. You know, for me, if we were in 21 personnel, it wasn't a lot of other. I wasn't lining up as a slot. I wasn't doing other things. Brady Ewing was doing everything. Right. And he was he was a great pass catcher. I think he was more athletic than I was. Um, slightly. And I, slightly. And I love, I mean, he, I think he was probably faster. He was also 245 pounds. Yep. You know, he's a different body shape. You know, John Chanel, the guy is 230 pounds of all muscle, can catch, can run, can hit. So I think the fullback has evolved, but I think Wisconsin's culture of having a fullback puts other teams on their heels when they go in and then he's not lined up behind the, the, um, the, the quarterback. It's very confusing. You know, you have an H-back. So you, the offense can just do more with having more guys. But I love watching Alec Ingold in the pros. You know, Presley was in the pros. You know, it's fun. Chanel will be in the pros, I think. Like yep. he has that body type, like an Alec Ingold, who can do it. Um, it's exciting to just watch any of these Wisconsin guys play. You know, like every time I throw it on, I'm like, oh, that guy played it for the Badgers. Even if I know or I don't know, it, it's thrilling. You know, you just, you want, like, I don't know half the guys who play now, but I love them. Right. And I love what, what I see from them. And, you know, I'm like the biggest fan. Like we had Leo on and I was like, Leo, I don't even know how, what to say. Like, I'm going to try my hardest not to be a fanboy for you because, <laughs> you know, like I, I played 20 years ago, but you are like, you're, I don't really care about defensives that much, but like, you're one of the most exciting people to watch. And you had Colin Wilder on. Yes. And I can't wait to have him on my show because he's yes. super exciting oh, to yeah. watch. And I think what, what at the NCAA, his hit at the end to end his career is disgusting. And the NCAA should be lit on fire not for that they should have been lit on fire like 30 years ago but um we could talk about that all day but it, you know like these guys i've never met them but they are my brothers and they don't even bernie, know it well bernie before dean goes uh we could go back to that penn state game right remember the hit ras had on the quarterback oh, Which one? He, oh the, the one where he not memory knocked him he knocked out number 12 robinson oh my gosh i have a picture oh. of it and he i mean he would have been out for the rat that game, he may have been, you know, I mean, it was way more violent, but Dean, go ahead. Yeah, you know I mean they brought the ambulance in. Yes. Like you never want to see. I don't oh. listen. I I you never want to see the ambulance come on the no. field, even if it's for someone else. And and Ras took out three guys that night. He did. I mean, we won because of defense, not because of me. We won right. because our defense was outrageously good yeah. and our O line was outrageously good. Yeah. Ernie, as you know, you know, the podcast is called Get Your Edge, and we've asked every guest so far, what game-changing advice, what knowledge bombs would you give to our listeners? What would you give to our listeners as far as getting their edge? You know, it's a great question. I, I was thinking about this today, a, a lot of different things. Um, you know, now being 39 and looking back at like my time there, um, you know, I would say always make yourself uncomfortable in, in something, you know, challenge yourself, you know, I, I never stood up to the big box jump, like the, the the one we had at the very end that like, you know, Scott Starks could jump on. <laughs> I've never, but I challenged myself to, to always do six at the one I could do, but it was challenging. So I would say, always make yourself uncomfortable, do things, learn things that, that you don't know. And just because you don't, you know, you don't, you don't feel like it's important. It could always be important. Um, you know, uh, Bruss said it great, you know, just give it all, give it your all. Like, that's it. You know, like go out there, give it your all. We talked about be on time, you know, have a good character, you know, Brandon White, who I love was like, when you float into a room, he's like float into a room and he's like, let people in that room know what you want them to know. And I thought that was special because, you know, a lot of times you go into a room and nobody even knows you're in there. And I'm, he didn't say go out and be outrageous and scream and do anything, but you know, Brian White always had a shaking people's hands you know, looking people in the eyes. Um, so I think those things are, are important. You know, for me at, at Wisconsin, I think football took up so much time. I would have now looking back, like 
football had to end at some point and I have 40 or 50 years left of my life. I love my time there, but I would have probably taken school a little more seriously. I would have at least tried, like make yourself uncomfortable. I would have tried to take business classes. I was scared of the business school. I don't know why. I just was like, I don't know numbers. Maybe I would have known numbers. So I would say push yourself to be out of your box. You know, I was a history major. I absolutely loved it, but I was good at that. Why not branch into something else? I started taking social work. You know, that's a people's person type of, I'm good at that. Right. I'm not good at numbers. Push yourself. So I would say find something in school that's hard and try it. That's awesome, Bernie. Okay. So each question you get about 30 seconds to answer. Okay. Ah. You're going to, I'm putting you on the spot here. This is for all our Badger fans here, but I, I, and we've never, we don't really usually do this, Bernie, but with you, I, I really want a quick story here. Okay. So question one. Who's the funniest guy you ever played with? Anthony Davis. Why? What? <laughs> Just quick. Um, 30 seconds long? A- a- everything. Um, <laughs> yeah. He made practice. He made practice fun. He joked with guys that wasn't demeaning, but just funny. He he could float in between groups. He made fun of the D linemen. He, yeah. was, he was best friends with them. He was all over the place. And his storytelling and, and you know, everything. And I sat in a room with him so much. Yeah. Him, he remembers everything about Coach White. So, you know, you want to get a good dude. And he was yeah. so smart. He, he would, every time, um, every time Chris Presley would get the ball, he would just be like, look at this. He's like a buffalo. <laughs> so he would make these sounds in, yeah. in meetings. And Coach White never said anything. And he just kept doing it every time he had the ball. So like three weeks later, he would do it. And you can't stop laughing because it's just funny. Um, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so next question, running back room quick story for being in that rank. Cause you had some characters in there now. Okay. I'll tell you. So this is a long time ago, 30 seconds. I'll try to rush. Uh, Russ Coons is in there. It's AD me, Greg, uh, <laughs> some other uh, Dwayne Booker, yep. maybe Phil Fuller. I yeah. don't know. So, so coach whites at the end of uh, one, at the end of maybe it's bowl practice. He goes, all right, guys, he wrote all our names on the board. He goes, what do you think your GPA is going to be? So he's like, Hey Matt, what do you think it is? I'm like uh, two nine. He's like, okay, two five. AD, what about you? AD is like, you know, three, two. He's like, okay, two, eight. So he keeps going down and it's always lower. So it's like, a, you know, we're seeing it. And he goes, he goes, hey, Russ, Russ. And Russ was a senior. He goes, Russ, what do you think you're going to get? Russ is like a, a one, two. And Coach Wright does like a double check. Like he's like, what? Russ is like, I think like a one, two. Dead serious. Coach Wright just wrote, you're effed. <laughs> <laughs> um, who is the um, let's see here who's next here? Who's the most impressive guy you ever had to train that got to train with? Oh man, you know, that's a good question. I, there are so many guys at Wisconsin who are so special. I would say, you know, maybe Lee Evans was sure. you know, Joe Thomas, like these guys did things you didn't think a six eight, you know, yep. 300 pounder could do. But I would say that I would say a lot more of the old linemen because those guys are not supposed to be able to do these things and they, yep. and they could, sure. uh, but I would say Joe Lee, you know, AD Calhoun. Yeah. Like these guys were doing Calhoun, things that were, yeah. you know, you know what, who was, who was extremely special. Um, also a complete Dodo bird, Alex Lewis. Also those awesome. D linemen were those D, the yeah. defense was awesome. You know, Jimmy Leonard is probably one of the best players to ever play at Wisconsin. Yeah. And you know, he was like five feet tall. Yeah. So Real quick, what was the hardest workout thing you ever had to do? Man, I almost hated every day, except not hated, but every day. What I loved about it is every day was a challenge. The weights changed. The workout stayed the same. So I knew going in what I had to do, but the weights changed and you could never not produce. You know, like it was never going in the last rep looked terrible. It was always like, you're going to give your best the whole time. No rep look can look like you're slow unless it's like 600 pounds in your last rep. So it's, and you did it, you did it like good for you. Um, I would say the hardest things that I hated to do outside of the stadiums was Fridays in the summer. We would do uh, a, a ridiculously hard leg day. And I think I was part of the skilled position. So like, yeah. I was in the room with Lee Evans and like these guys, and you have to keep up with these dudes, like all the skill guys. So it's everyone and me and Greg Root. Yep. So tight ends worked out, you know, like OD unfairly worked out with the lineman, yep. which, and that dude is 
so long story short, so we're, it's Friday. We're, do we do the hard ass leg day? Excuse me, hard, very hard leg day. And then we go up and do stations with a 20 pound vest that all has bobby pins holding the, the, the weights in. So they're sticking you, you're getting mad. And I remember this one time we're pushing, um, not we're pushing a sled, not the gate. Oh, okay. Yes. And Herbs wouldn't let, so he had AD, Dwayne, and Booker go. It's three of the biggest muscles I've ever seen. Like these dudes are so strong. He has me and Greg go. We push it, you know, we're doing back and forth, back and forth. You're pushing. I think on the third or fourth, Greg and I cannot move this thing any further. Like we're trying to hurt her. And I just look at Herbs and I, Herbs, get off of the damn sled. <laughs> and Herbs is like, jumps off and laughs, you know, like, and, and Greg and I push it through. And we're, to me that you like, you almost redlined every yeah. time on stations. It was really hard. You were pushing yourself to, and then if the, 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 the music changed or the whistle blew or whatever we did, you had to just sprint to the next station. So by the time you were done, Dean, I was like on hands and knees going into the uh, showers. Like I was dying. So, so last one, Bernie, and this, obviously we've talked about him quite a bit on, on yours and all of us have such a high level of respect for coach white. I mean, he's just an incredible, he's such an incredible guy in our profession. Um, but why do all the running backs talk in his voice all the time? And like, not even like trying to just like, like what, why do you think, I mean, AD kind of started it. I, I don't, I just, I don't know. Like I, it, cause Alvy, when, when he's, but when Alvy yells, he sounds like coach white yeah. yelling. So it's true. I think it's a mixture. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Bernie. Like, <laughs> it's like a high pitched, you know, voice. I, I don't, I think only because we know it's coach white when you say that. Yeah. And Coach White said so many things that were, you know, don't be a pop tart, Greg. You know, like just like hilarious sayings. But I point but, the ball up to the football cards. Point, point, get the point up, get the point up, Booker. You know, like just funny things. We talked on the other week. We would do um, a, a cut drill, and he's like, "That's not good enough, Burn." He's like, "Ad, show him how to do." It. Ad, that sucked too. You know, it's like he just said funny things, but it wasn't. You know, like his coaching style was definitely different than, you know, like a Huber who was like, yeah. you know, hard, hard, hard. And, and those dudes took a verbal beating. Now, do I think it makes some people better? Yes. Do I think everyone can react the same way as, as that? No. That's why I think Coach Wright, especially, he could reach anybody. Yep. You know, like he never, I never felt demeaned by what he was saying. I understood why I was getting yelled at because I made a mistake and he would help you fix it. Whereas I think, you know, Hubes and, and JP were like, dude, you just suck and you should just go cry somewhere. Uh, they're <laughs> still, they were great coaches. Yeah. You know, the O-line yeah. and the D-line will say that they were great coaches. Yeah. But I hated when Palermo tried to coach me because yeah. I was an offensive guy. And I was like, dude, I don't care what you say. I never said that out loud, but, you know, in my mind. Right. I'm like, you can say whatever you want to say, but you have no effect on my playing at all. Dean, anything else for Bernie before we let him get Yeah, on last that? one, Brian, here. I know you were on the Believe Badger yeah. podcast. And yeah. Bernstein, you guys do an unbelievable job with that podcast. So I know you're doing that. Tell us a little bit about that and what else are you doing? Yeah. You know, um, my co-host Matt Perkins asked me to join. We hit it off. We had a great time. And he said, would you want to join as a co-host? And I was like, yes, I'm not, I wasn't doing anything at the time. I loved it. I thought it was a great idea. And it's morphed into, we do talk a lot of Badgers during the season, but we also, we started bringing guys back to talk about the team. And then it morphed into almost like a history of each individual. You know, I think it's so cool. We talk about like Antaj was one of our first people, AD. Like people just know them as their name on the jersey and yeah. that they play football at Wisconsin, which to me, I love that. Like you, that's Matt Burns and he played football. I'm not offended. I'm very happy about that. I did do that and it was hard. And I, you know, I, I thought I was successful. But I love that we now have guys come in and share their stories of where else were they looking? Why Wisconsin? Like things that people don't know. Like what's your favorite color? Like people don't know anything about these like us. And now I think it's really cool. You know, Brooks Bollinger, I had a story I've never heard before. He's like, my he's a, I was in a baseball tournament. I was going to UND. I thought that was my spot because his dad coached. There. That's where his dad coached. He was at a baseball tournament all day. His mom drove from North Dakota overnight to Wisconsin. And he said, when I got there, I knew this was a place for me. Brooks Bollinger is one of the best quarterbacks, probably one of the best leaders, one of Barry's favorite guys. 
that dude, how would I, I didn't even know that. It was like one of my best friends at school. Yeah. So I think what we're doing is just, I think it's a little different. I think it's really cool. We still talk Badger football, but we talk about, you know, why guys chose Wisconsin and what was their experience like, you know, a little bit of what they're doing today, but you know, it's cool. I never met Chris Chambers. We had him on and I was thrilled, you know, like what a good guy. You want to talk about a freak. Freak. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> Fern, man, I tell you what, you know, awesome. Dean, Dean, you know, I, I know you haven't met Bernie before, but I just, Bernie, this has been great. Two, two times in the last week, we've gotten a chance to chop it up. And um, you're such an integral part of, you know, Badger football history, but you've been such an integral part uh, of my life as developing as a coach. You guys all are, I think Dean would share the same thing with players that we've coached. And, you know, there's always certain guys that impact you um, a little bit different because you guys teach us too. You know what I mean? You, you, and things like that. So man, it's been great having you on. Uh, we'll make sure we get all your information in the show notes. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I mean, we've been friends for 20 years now. I mean, I, I, when I moved back to Wisconsin, I worked out with you. Yep. Like, and, and, and it's almost like nothing changed except my like skill level was definitely down, but um, I, I really appreciate it. <laughs> you know, it, but it was, it's, it, it is a, it's a brotherhood that even yep. it, when you're, you know, some coaches and some weight training and some staff, all, all these, you know, other are part of that. You know, we had Darren Jones, he's a manager, but now he's, um, he's high up in the, yeah. the athletic program and it's just fun, you know, like it's just fun and, and you're definitely part of that. And but your name comes up a lot when I speak to guys, cause it's just, you know, you were, you were there. Like, I, I think we talked about this before and I know we're running over, but, but you were there for everyone's lifts all day. You were there for practice. You were there for games. I mean, you were pretty much there all the time. And yep. then you became like that trustworthy guy that, you know, like, hey, I would come in on a Wednesday when I didn't have to be there. It's like, hey, Bob, what's up? Yep. What are you looking like? Hey, come look at this video. You know, like, yep. and we would just joke around. So I appreciate your coaching style. You know, it's, it's, you're so excited all the time, but yet you are like, you hone in and you have a way to, to I think, communicate just like Coach White did with almost every athlete that's out there. Well, that's awesome. Well, we appreciate you coming on, Burn. Um, looking forward to obviously seeing you more, and 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 obviously for Badger fans, check in the Believe in Believe in Badgers podcast where you can catch Bernie on that on a weekly basis. Dino, we'll let these people go. Make sure you share the show. This is a great one. Share it with your friends. Share it with your coaches. Everything. A lot of great nuggets on this one. We will see you guys next time. Chop it. <laughs>